ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 80. Oh man, did you turn it off? I was jamming. Nah, I'm just I turned it down so you can so the so the great folks out here can hear this incredible voice you have, my friend. Oh, thank you. Well, welcome to episode 86 of Speak on It. I am your host, Danny Ocean, is always joined by the smoothest man on the planet, Losty Mix. It is a new year. We took some time off. We are back. Um, how are you? Man, 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 man. Happy New Year, my brother. It's always a pleasure to be here with you folks. If you are watching, you already know when you see this Nasve and this is really not a fake. When you see the all even with the with the waves all around the 360 waves, no, it could only be one brother, the good brother, Los D Mix, Danny Ocean. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with you, my man. I mean, I was hoping that we was going to be coming in here hype off of maybe one of the best uh, national championship games in a while. It was quite literally the opposite, but it's okay because yep. I only watched a half. And, yep. Um, man, <laughs> how, how have you been, man? How was how was the new year? Did you do anything exciting? How are your text threads? I don't, I don't know. What's, you know, how's, how's work? How are you doing? I am doing great. Uh, the Holiday was great. New Year's was great. So we ended up, my wife and I ended up hosting New Year's at our home for the first time. Uh, I don't think Bam is on yet, but Bam came by. He and his wife came by. We all hung out. Some other family came in. Uh, yeah, it was a good night. We uh, Apparently, uh, Bam's wife is an Ohio State fan. And of course, Ohio State misses the kick as the ball is dropping. So I hope her year has gotten a lot better than it was that night. Um, but yeah, it was great. We had a lot of fun. Um, everyone was responsible. It was just a good old time. It was a good time. Responsible. Yo, yo, you know, when you say everyone was responsible, that means there was definitely some uh, uh, some normally (laughs) irresponsible people there. Is that true? No, no, but no, seriously, everyone was like, there was no one who was like sloppy. Like we all, I smoked some chicken. That might be some of the best chicken wings I've ever made. The chicken was good. And we're going to start this segment. Danny's smoked meats, Pause. you know, because nah, unpause me, play me, <laughs> unpause me, nah, we're gonna, because this is the last time we were here for the folks who maybe remember uh, from a few weeks ago. Last time we were here, Danny, Danny and Gator J went into their meat smoking uh, bags, pause, and then they even had a side, you know, a little side convo. Gator J was giving us some game on the meat smoking, and and I'm sitting here like, man, look at these professional meat smokers. They, you know, when it comes to the meats, boy, y'all better stop playing with them. So we really got I'm going to buy you a grill so you can get in on it too. When I buy a house, buy me a grill. That's a deal. See, y'all see that? Y'all see how black men support each other? This is the energy that we're starting 2023 with. Uh, And again, Happy New Year. I guess, Danny, to to kind of start us off, why don't you let the fine people know out here where the podcast is brought to them by. So even though fantasy season is over on the football side of the house, still head over to goingfor2.com. Uh, daily fantasy, any kind of fantasy you're playing. I know a lot of us are getting ready for our dynasty rookie drafts, doing our research. Um, I know I will be since I have three first-round picks. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but, again, head over to goingfor2.com for all, all of your fantasy needs, basketball, baseball, football. 
I believe we still do some NASCAR stuff. Not a hundred percent store. I did not know NASCAR fantasy was a thing. And if it's not Jeff, I am sorry. I am just speaking off the hip right now, but mm. going through.com for all your needs. Uh, D what are we talking about tonight? Man, tonight, tonight, we're going to start about, uh, we're, we're starting the NFL. We're going to preview wildcard weekend, maybe look back at week 18 as we look ahead uh, towards the wildcard weekend. We'll talk about the biggest storylines going into the weekend. Uh, then we are going to, to attempt to talk about the annihilation that happened last night in, in Los Angeles in the national championship game with UGA uh, going back to back national championship games. Um, then in Block C, we're going to go back to the NFL, right? We're going to talk about, you know, now that the NFL season's over, let's talk about uh, our picks for some of the awards. We've got Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and of course, the granddaddy of them all, the NFL MVP. Then we're going to top this thing off, super pause, with our Twitter segment. There are some things, Danny, I want to make sure that we really get to talking about. Number one of them being cold food and the rule yes. of eating cold food. People, I was on Twitter because even because I'm a bit, you know, what I'm saying because you know I like to keep my thoughts for the pod, and I'm also, you know, we're working men now, so you know it's hard for me to consistently tweet the way I want to be tweeting. But when I saw some of y'all's opinions and thoughts and rules of cold food and how to reheat it, nah, I want y'all need to find God, and I'm not even really. <laughs> Uh, uh, let me stop and say uh, Happy New Year to my guy Kyle, Kyle, aka known as Research. He's in the building. Kyle, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta set up some time. You gotta get back on here. We gotta hear your thoughts, especially yes. after Packer season and as we head into draft season. So, Kyle, be on the lookout, my brother. You might be getting a, a little ping from me saying, "What, what time are you free?" Uh, but back to it. In Block D, we're gonna start with some cold food, then we're gonna talk about some other uh, things. You know, it was Black Monday yesterday in the NFL, so some, we saw some coaches get fired. So we're gonna talk about that, and we may be seeing some people retiring. And then Danny, we're gonna finish this thing off with the return of the Speak to Us segment to start yes. twenty-three year. And Danny, you and I are both fantasy champions this year, so we're gonna talk about that and our outlook specifically in the dynasty league, like you mentioned, and what that looks like. But let's start, if you don't mind in the NFL Let's because as it. always despite last night the playoffs in the NFL will be filled with a little bit closer games except if you're playing the Bills but first and foremost Danny and I would love uh, would want to do nothing more but to extend our prayers our continued prayers and our continued good wishes uh, to DeMar Hamlin and his recovery uh I think by now, if you're hearing this, you kind of know what happened, but we just want to, you know, continue to send good love and energy his way um, and and hope for a very, very speedy recovery and just, uh, hey, man, blessing, blessing on blessing. So glad that glad, glad that everything is uh, trending in the right direction. Um, but as we look at as we look back on the NFL, the regular season, Danny, has officially ended. Yes, right. we're looking ahead to the postseason, but if we take a rewind back to week 18, we started in Kansas City. The Chiefs snagged the number one seed, which when once I heard about the new stipulations and I and it was essentially the Chiefs win and end with the one one seed. I said, oh, no, they got that. They, now nah, they got yep. that. So Chiefs are the one seed again, which is funny because the 
We'll talk about it. Chiefs are the one seed again. The Jags won the AFC South. Let's go. A winning record at nine and eight. So shout out Doug Peterson. Shout out Trevor Lawrence, the entire Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Uh, then a couple days ago on Sunday, we saw the Bills and the 49ers clinch the two seeds in their conferences. The Bengals and the Vikings are the three seed in their conferences. Uh, at the four seed, of course, are the Jags and the Buccaneers, who won the uh, the southern version, the southern divisions of both conferences. Uh, wild cards, we got the Seahawks and Dolphins who clinched over the weekend. Of course, we already know the Giants and the Ravens were already in from last weekend. Yep. And then we saw your Philadelphia Eagles clinch the other number one seed in the NFC. So here we are at wild card weekend, Danny. The Chiefs and the Eagles, the two number one seeds are not going to be playing. So you're, you're chilling this week. You're just watching good football. So we have the Bills versus the Dolphins, an AFC divisional clash. We got the Bengals versus Ravens, another AFC divisional clash. We got the Chargers and the Jaguars, which I think may be a little bit more interesting than people are giving yes. credit for. We have the 49ers versus the Seahawks. We have the Vikings versus the Giants. And then, of course, Monday night, you have Dallas versus Tampa. Yes, sir. So, Danny, start it off. What do you think is the biggest storyline going into wildcard weekend? Um, this is, and I hate to do this because I generally do not like this team, but it is going to be Sean Payton's employment if the Dallas Cowboys go to Tampa and lose on Monday night. Because if they go and lose on Monday night to Tampa, Sean Payton will be the coach by Wednesday afternoon. So for me, the biggest storyline is how do the Cowboys perform after that clunker that they put put on in Washington. I think they respond. I think they win in Tampa, but if they lose, if Tom Brady becomes 14-0 against the Dallas Cowboys, I, Cowboys fans, that might be a blessing in disguise because Sean Payton, that contract, Jerry called Sean Payton Sunday after the Commanders game and said, listen, dude, next Monday, be ready. This is what I'm going to pay you. Like, I would not be shocked if Sean Payton is the Cowboys coach Why come Wednesday if they lose. Why do y'all wish Mike McCarthy? I hear so many Cowboys fans and pundits like he's got a good track record. I mean, they listen. They're no. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. go you can't. You can't lose. That team cannot lose to a losing team. Like Tampa has is under five hundred. You cannot lose to Tampa. Like I know they have a great defense, and that's Tom Brady. And you're in Tampa, but dog, you've had the highest scoring offense with Dak since Dak has been the Cowboys quarterback this year. Like they've had the highest scores offense. Granted, he's thrown. He's tied for most picks in the league with Davis Mills, which is insane because Dak missed five games, but you cannot go to Tampa and lose. Like, I'll take this. If you lose, like, on a field goal, time running out, Jerry might look the other way. But if you go to Tampa and you lay a clunker, yeah, Mike ain't going to have no choice. That's tough. Uh, I guess for, for me in terms of storyline, well, first, uh, I'm, I'll speak to Dallas and Tampa. I do think – some people in the media, some of the pundits, some of the opinionated people, like maybe a smidge too hard on Mike McCarthy. You know, I mean, like some of the things, some of the boneheaded, some of the, how do I say this, some of the the outcomes of these games have been in positions where I think things may have been added. Like some of these picks are not on Mike McCarthy. Like what, no. you know what I'm saying? At what point do we start looking at some of the personnel? I mean, yeah, I know you're paying Dak all this money, but dog. Here's the thing about McCarthy. If Sean Payton wasn't out there, this wouldn't be a story. Like, because there's no other head coach right now. Like, there's no, like, 
there's no other name out there right now that you can say, oh, well, you can do better than Mike McCarthy other than Sean Payton. That's and it. This, like, this story keeps getting brought up, though, because I think somebody is feeding the media information on maybe this is who this is who could really do like maybe this is maybe this is someone who's maybe trying to get a certain Sean employed by the Dallas Cowboys. So they're feeding information to the media. I'm, I just when you look at this team, yo, I'm going to be honest with you. If Mike McCarthy ends up getting let go, I see Dan, Dan, uh, the defensive coordinator. I see Dan Quinn taking over before I see Sean Payton. Well, I think I Dan Quinn's Payton going to get it. I, I, listen, I, I think before, I think for some of these teams specifically who wouldn't fire their head coach, the question I would ask them would be the same question I would ask the Dallas Cowboys if they make this move. Where, how does the organization move forward with, like, what options really move this organization forward at a head coaching position and why versus what we have here, which if it's hard to win in the NFL, you're getting there and you're, you're, you're losing to team. Correct me if I'm wrong. The teams that have beaten the Cowboys have, I think, went on to, as of late, have went on to win the Super Bowl. In the playoffs? Yeah. Recently, they make this? Dak take over. Since Dak has taken over, McCarthy's been there. Yeah, the Bucks. I believe we had the Bucks one year. Yeah, the Rams. I know that. I might be crazy. I might be off. Did they have the Rams last year? I think they did. I know no, the Eagles went to Tampa. At the 49ers last year. Yeah, I've said because that was the yeah, that was the QB draw. Yeah, you're right. So I'm wrong. Excuse me. But look at that's essentially the same team in 40 in uh in San Francisco right now. That's true. But I just think we're, you know, that's the only question I'd have. But when I think about the biggest storylines heading into the weekend, I think it starts in Baltimore. There's Ooh. no way. There's no way the Ravens beat the Bengals or have a chance to beat the Bengals without Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced. I don't think he's practiced all week. Um, or I, I don't. I don't know about the latest injury report. Uh, but I don't know if he's practiced all week. Uh, like, and my my other question is: Would he be ready to play? Would he be in game shape? Would he be? You know. This is a really good Bengals team. But this a week ago, this was a team who put out Anthony Brown. And if Lamar can't go, they're likely going to put out Tyler Huntley. Yo, you need Lamar. Let me ask you something. Do you think Lamar, I don't want to say milking it, but do you think Lamar is taking his time coming back because the Ravens didn't give him that contract? Yes. And if me I was too. him, I'd do the same thing. Me too. I have no, there's, I, there's no guaranteed money here, so I'm not stepping foot really on the football field until I'm 100%, and I know I'm ready to go, and I'm in a position to go win a championship because that's what I want to – because he ultimately wants to be there for his teammates. But he's also – his agent's in his here. Hey, man, you got 200 million on the table potentially. And if they don't give it to you, well, you you know, you, you know um, Atlanta might be looking for a quarterback. You know – Shit. Um, who else? Um, the Texans might be looking for a quarterback. I mean, you know, there's teams out here that are looking for quarterbacks. That will give up assets to get one. And we'll give up assets to get one. So, you know, potentially 
his agents looking at him and telling him, hey, if the Ravens don't give it to you, there's there's teams out here that need a quarterback. If you're going to like, I fully support you going out there for the playoffs since, you know, he, he's been in, he's been an integral part of their success this season. I think we can say Lamar Jackson has. So if you want to go out there and go for the tournament and see if you guys can win a championship, go, go like I don't think his agent's going to his agent's not going to tell him no, but. Be safe, you know, don't step out there and unless you fully 100 percent. Don't like well, you know what I'm saying. If he has a contract, he might go out there maybe a little nicked up. They want to give him that money. Listen, um, going back to our Cowboys take, Kyle said uh, he he like he'd like to give me some credit. He said since 2000, the Cowboys have made the playoffs eight eight times, uh, with a ninth being this year, and four of the eight teams they lost to in the Super Bowl went uh, went to the Super Bowl. However, only one won. So, hey. They're losing to teams that are getting to the big dance, regardless of if they win or not. I think, listen, I know winning a championship is the goal, but you would be surprised at how many franchises are are considering making it to the Super Bowl a huge success. Not Jerry Jones. Yeah, not Jerry. It depends on the franchise. Obviously, Jerry Jones is a little bit different. He's won six of them, five of them, six. something like that. They've six. won research. They've won, hold on. Three in the night. Three in a row. Uh, uh, Landry. In the 90s, yeah, and the three with Landry. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you think is going to be on upset alert this week? I, I think guessing by your tone, sounding like the Dallas Cowboys, but. No, for me, it's the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are the only team, is the only team, I believe, with a winning record. I don't know the style off the top of my head, with a negative point differential. The, the Vikings were really good this year in close games. I'm not saying, oh, the Cowboys have five Super Bowls, so Landry won two. Uh, I'm not saying that the Giants will win, but I'm saying that the Giants have the best odds of of upset alert because I don't think I don't think anyone really takes the Vikings seriously. I don't think so either. I think once you get drugged by Green Bay the way they did two weeks ago. And then it's hard, man. It's hard. And then where everyone's seeing that you guys are winning by a couple points here, a couple points there, games that could have been a coin flip. If you really think about it, like the Bills game is their signature win. And again, you had to take probably the best catch in NFL history from from Justin Jefferson to pull that off. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, upset alert for me, I think would be the Chargers. I think uh, I know the Chargers are favored to win the game. And when you look at roster-wise, obviously you would say that the Chargers are the more talented team from top to bottom. I really think this Jacksonville Jaguars team, though, uh, is 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 better. They're they're I think they're uh, they're better in the trenches a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at the game that they played earlier this year, the the, the Chargers had a, a tough time with the Jaguars, like a tough time dealing with the Jaguars. And I think a lot of that's going to continue. I mean, I think the way the defensive line for Jacksonville has been playing, I think if they're able to stop Austin Eckler and really force uh, Justin Herbert to really have to use his arm to beat him, I think they're going to be in a position where they can keep the game close and potentially walk this thing off. Listen, we're past the point of style points. Wins. It don't even matter, dog. It don't matter. Wins. How you get them, y'all figure that out. Wins. And that's what it's about. As this type of as this type of season, if you're looking for style points, you need to take take it to the NBA. All star, all star, all star <laughs> game almost here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Final or uh, second to final question. 
pick for game of the week. Who do you have? Who? What's the matchup you like to be the one that we're talking about in a week? You just talked about it for me. It's the Chargers and the Jaguars. I think I am with you on the Jags. Uh, there's something to be said about flying. Like this is cross country. This is LA yeah. to Jacksonville. That is cross country. To, Weather might be a factor too, you know. Yeah, to to play a team that I think is peaking at the right time. And Doug Peterson has been in this position before. Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson has coached multiple playoff games. I just think that the Jaguars have a few more advantages compared to the Chargers. And for me, that's that's the game I'm most looking forward to. I like that. I think it's a good one. I think for me, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Dallas and Tampa, and here's okay. why. I think this is going to be what I like to call a good old-fashioned mid-off. But <laughs> I think this is going to be a mid-off like we've never seen. Here's why. The Buccaneers offensively are up and down, and they're shaky. The Cowboys offensively, when they're hot, they're hot. But when they're down, it's very shaky, and it's very, very scary. I think this is going to be one of those sloppy, I'm confused about everything that's going on type of games that ends like 27-21 Dallas. Okay. But it's how we got to those 27 and how we got to that 21, you are shaking your head saying, neither one of these teams can really win a Super Bowl this year. What are we doing? I bet you we're going to be saying that in a week. Either okay. that somebody got thumped. Like somebody got thumped, and we're just like, oh. And if it's Dallas who gets thumped, <clears throat> we might be having some conversations next Monday or next Tuesday, I should say. So when we look at Week 18, right? I know we have the uh, the Wild Card Weekend pretty much set. Yeah. Who would you say as you look at Week 18? Was some of the, who would you say was the biggest loser that you just kind of want to speak to as they head into the off season? I hate to do this to you and Kyle, but. Oh, your man had your man had a winning in on Sunday night football and he lost. I hate to do it to you. I didn't want to, but for me it's like everything broke your way. All you had to do was beat the, the Detroit Lions. That's it. Couldn't win the game. Couldn't win the game. Uh, I really wasn't even upset. I watched the entire game, just like I watched the entire Lions game. I mean, I watch all our games. I think over the course of the four or five game, four game winning streak, you could see you could you could see the improvements, but you could still see where these games that we were winning could have easily been lost. Welcome to the game that you lose. <sighs> It was some of the same. It was a lot of uh, something about Detroit's defensive scheme gives has is really given the Packers fits. And there's something that they just cannot they cannot cannot figure out. And it's been since the end of last season when they beat us in the end of that season. They carried that over this year. We saw the game in Detroit that was ugly. And now look at this at home. You have a chance to win. This is all in the Packers. Like, I'm not mad. Yo, and I'm between me and you. It's just funny as I say that into this microphone. Once I saw the 49ers with a two seed, I said, hey, yo, go. I'm good. 
pack me up. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here like, <laughs> if we lose this, we get okay. Like it's okay. Because I mean, I'd want us to win and obviously maybe go on a run, but I'm not gonna be boohoo tear because I know it's gonna, I know it's gonna happen. Now, what Kyle is saying, he said this may this that was maybe the worst called game by Matt Lafleur yet. Why do they give Alan Lazard the ball behind the line of scrimmage? That will never make sense. Yeah, I think they're trying to listen. I know Devontae was was pretty good with those, you know, kind of those screen passes that you just kind of take. Listen. The offense, in my opinion, was running more smoothly when they were consistently running the ball than using that to bring linebackers close to the line of scrimmage and then try to go over the top where where is that if, if, if it's Alan Lazard or Christian Watson, who was really wide open in a lot of these route concepts. We have two really good running backs who can come out of the backfield. But some of that is like some of these throws Aaron was making, though, which is uncharacteristic. And just, I don't know, man. Got to be, hey man, some of some of those balls were. I mean, some of those routes were there. Balls just have to be a little bit more catchable. Uh, so he also uh, Kyle also said he's agreeing with me. Plus maybe seeing uh, plus maybe it's seeing Geno Smith make the playoffs. I love chaos, so it was easy to accept the loss. Now if the Lions got in the playoffs, yeah. Now if the Lions got in the playoffs, I would have been even more mad. I'd be like, yo, this is a, really a win and get in for both teams and y'all. This is a playoff game and y'all. This is how y'all came. At home, like you have a home playoff game, and that's how y'all act. It's okay. Um, I don't know what the offseason holds. I'll be here to find out at this point. If that if that was the end of a historic career, honestly, I'm at a point now. I've seen I've seen him win a Super Bowl. Sometimes it just be like that, big dog. If this is the end, you got a historic career, greatest of all time. That's a t-shirt. Sometimes be like that, big dog. Yeah, like salute. Hey man, we it's not all Tom Brady. Somewhere Dan Marino was just wishing, yo, dog, I could have just won one. Yeah. Somewhere Trent Dilfer is saying, Hey man, I'm happy I won my one. Tom is just Tom. And he won't stop playing. So I don't really know if that you start thinking about that, how long the long the supposed longevity of a football player, and this guy's been playing for like 27 years now. It's, it's kind of like, okay, you're just Consider you, you just you're just like maximizing the ultimate opportunity to win as many championships. So, hey man, we'll see, right? If he comes back, he comes back and we do it over again. I guess if he doesn't come, I mean, he's got fifty million reasons why. If he don't come back, hey, you've had a history. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm at, at this yeah. point. I'm just I'm just accept the outcome, and I'm like I'm okay with it. We'll see, I guess. We'll see. We'll see. All right, my man. We got to sit here and attempt to try to break down what happened yesterday in the college football national championship. Do we? Yeah, we do. Because I was pushing an agenda for the later half of the season, and it, it came back to reality. Yesterday, we saw UGA just dominate and annihilate Texas Christian University um for the national championship danny i'm gonna ask you through i'm gonna ask you two questions okay what are your thoughts on the game and where do you think georgia goes next year to build on a back-to-back championship like this for for tc i know there are a lot of tcu fans last night 
questioning their faith in God because you had to be asking yourself, God, what do we do to deserve being crucified like this in front of America, in front of the world? That was that was worse than UGA Hawaii in the OH Sugar Bowl. Like at least Hawaii scored 10. The score of that game was 41 to 10. Worse than Alabama Notre Dame. Yes, dog. You 65, and it could have been 80. Like Kirby Smart called the dogs off. He let Stetson Bennett go hit his head his hedge fund internship a little bit early. And and they still got 65. That, like I said this to a friend today, like if I'm on TCU, there's no way someone drops 65 on my head and then I just go to midfield and shake their hand and say, good game, dog. I'm punching somebody. You fight? Over the <laughs> you, you got to. You got to fight somebody. Do something, man. Fight back. You fight. You fighting over this? Hey, hey, they, they, they glowing the whistle. Hey, man, good game, hey. Do something, man. Fight back. Don't man. let them just drop sixty five on you like that, man. Nah, listen, listen. I think before we got on here, we said at one point it was ten to seven. At yes. one point it was ten to seven. We were texting each other, and we were like, "All right, it's competitive." Yeah, at one point, at one point it was ten to seven, and I was like, "All right, well, we might be on to something here," and then. We won't, we won't own to nothing but an ass kicking. So here's what I'll say to this. What I thought, well, what are my thoughts on the game? Whoa. First off, what a way to have some background music as you do a lot of work for your yes. job that pays you. So shout out to the to Texas Christian University. I'm not even going to call you TCU because I feel like that would be disrespectful to the TCU team that I saw most of the season. So my thoughts on this game, listen, the skill position player differences are not the, the margin of the gap margin between skill position players from the SEC to the Big Ten to Big 12. It's not as far as we think people, which you witnessed last night is why a 12 team playoff is a bad idea and why yes. what the head coach of Tennessee recently said could very well apply every year. If you really want the four best teams in the playoff every year, just take the top four teams from the SEC and just have them play each other every year. Because people, skill position-wise, there's a a lot of incredible skill position players all throughout the country that go to to all conferences. The true difference lies in the trenches. And if you don't believe me, just turn on that game from yesterday and watch 60 Minutes of an offensive line and a defensive line who did not know what the fuck hit them. They lost that game in the warm-ups. Yes, they did. Y'all, I, let me tell you something. I've sat in the stadium as Virginia Tech played Notre Dame, and I've sat in the stadium as Virginia Tech played Clemson. And when I watched them warm up, I said, this is the difference. Skill position-wise, a lot of skill on both sides. But when you see some of these linemen, you were like, yo, how did you become that massive of a human? Pause. Um, I saw a tweet. It said it was the Stetson Bitson throw to the wide open receiver, and it was like, how many NFL quarterbacks can make this throw? And someone quote tweeted and said, 64, all 32 starters, 
in all 32 backups because Stetson had the perfect pocket. It was a horseshoe. And you're right. That is the difference. Now, granted, Georgia has Brock Bowers and in, in, in Washington as tight ends. Those might be different breeds, but skills position-wise, yeah, it's you know, it's pretty even. But man, like watching those often Georgia's offensive defensive line just maul people. It was like watching children. It's like dad going out in the backyard and say, Hey, like I still got it, son. Watch hey, this. Throwing them around. And you're just like, yo. This was, and for all you people out there that said Michigan would have gave them a better game, let me no, tell you something. Have. No team that is running an offense or any sort of offensive plays from the I formation is beating that Georgia defense at nope. all. And it would it, listen. They may have scored three more points, but it would have been an ass kicking. If you want to know who I thought maybe could have competed outside of Ohio State, which. Who are which? Who are the real criminals? In my opinion, yes. Ohio State, you are the real criminals. But we'll get back to that. Bama was looking. Listen, this is what I'm. This is what I'm gonna say. Bama dog walked Kansas State, and Nick Saban called the dogs off early in that game. Yes. Kansas State beat TCU. TCU beat Michigan. Michigan beat Ohio State. Ohio State, Ohio State was one play away at midnight. Midnight. From going to the national championship game. So what am I trying to say? How are you connecting these dots, Los D-Mix? Here's what I'm saying. The only team that probably outside of Ohio State that would have gave that Georgia team a run for their money for 60 minutes was the team that spent their that that spent their uh, bowl season in New Orleans, dog walking Kansas State. You know why? They got they got they got they got the athletes to match. You ain't gonna be throwing them around. No, you Wait, won't. They don't look at the score. Listen, man. All I'm gonna say is this: next year, when Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator at Alabama, we are gonna watch a generational run again because they are gonna go on a tear. And then next year. When it's Alabama, Tennessee, and UGA as three of the four teams, because I'm gonna let y'all know right now, the committee not doing that again. No, the committee lost some money. Nah, the, listen, no. someone in that committee room, I bet you, someone on that committee probably a few times said the four, three of the four best teams are in the SEC, and then throw Ohio State in there. I know, or Michigan in there. I know so, someone in there had said that. I know someone in there. So I know next year, if you, if you was, oh wait, does the 12 team start next year? I think it's the year after. So if you're upset about uh, multiple SEC uh, teams getting in in prior years, you're going to be very upset when three of the four next year are SEC teams. And yep. then it's just Ohio State. That's all I'll say. I'll say this about the game last night. That game, did you watch the half? I saw this on Twitter. Apparently, during the halftime show, one of the ESPN analysts, Nick Saban, was doing the halftime show. Oh, yeah, yeah, and David Pollock was like, Georgia is the king of college football or something like that. Dog, whatever the odds are right now for Bama to win the national championship, put your money down right now. Nick Saban not losing next year. Nick Saban going on a run. He about to go on a historic run next year. He mad. mad. You saw that look? I was like, oh, Nick. Yeah, he read it. Yo, what's funny was you could tell in the pregame that Nick knew what was was about to happen. You could tell by the way he was analyzing. He knew what was about to happen. 
And at halftime, he he was trying. He was just talking as if he was out there coaching. Yeah. Like, yo, we play for pride at this point. We still want to be respectful to the score. Yada yada yada. But Nick Saban was basically like, yo, if he said, yo, I think TC's got to score forty five to have a chance to win this game, because he said. He said the only thing about uh he said if you're gonna play tempo is if you don't get off the field on third down, then you're not doing nothing. You're not getting nobody tired. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh man, what an ass kicking. Shout out, shout out to uh Texas Christian University on a great season. Shout out Max Duggan, shout out Sonny Dykes. Hopefully we'll see you win the Big 12 next year. Dog, can you can you imagine Oklahoma and Texas watching that game? Like shit, man, this SEC life ain't gonna be sweet at all. With well, what they're banking on is with them being in the SEC, then they'll start recruiting more. They'll start nabbing at some of those other schools. Oh, good luck. Too much tradition going on down there, boy. Yeah, good luck. All right, going back to the NFL, man. And Kyle in the chat said. Uh, Nick Saban's about to win three three national titles in the next two years. Yep, that makes sense to me. Dog. He, also said, he also said TCU is basically the 2021 Packers special teams. Yes. Swiss cheese. Take Bama. Whatever. I think the odds were plus 2,000 this morning. Take the you're odds. David, you're saying David Pollock may have, may have, may, may have spurred a run? I, I, I well, there were some interviews that the Georgia players did last night. They were talking about them being a dynasty. But yes, this time next year, we're going to be talking about Nick Saban going undefeated, looking in the stands, pointing at David Pollock and saying, No, 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 son, you're going to come interview me after this championship game. Don't bring Holly Roll over here. Holly, you go over there. David, you come down here. You give me this trophy. He gonna, Ask I me how you, I'm feeling. I bet you he's going to remember that uh, that comment. He's going to say, and I took that personally. Yeah, that yo, he did. He said it with his eyes, dog. Alabama going on a historic run next year. He's gonna be Bill Belichick in 07. It might be. It might be. Now they're gonna lose the game. They're gonna lose one game. They ain't nah, dog. He gonna, LSU come to Alabama next year, dog. He's gonna send Brian Kelly into retirement. You gotta wonder who like you gotta wonder who they play though. They're uh, out of conference and they're in conference because you don't know who they might get from the SEC East. They might play uh Georgia in the regular season. Let's see. Uh, oh. Well, we go to the I will look up their schedule next year. Uh yeah, they got it. They got yeah, 2023 their schedule. Let's see. They probably I mean Oh, okay. They got Texas okay, so at home. Middle Tennessee. Texas at home. Oh miss. They go to Mississippi State. They go to AM. Tennessee comes to them. LSU comes to them. They gotta go to Auburn. And they gotta go to Kentucky. That's not an easy game. I mean, Will Levis is gone. Did you see Kentucky? During their bowl game without Will Levis, it nasty. Uh, it, it was, was nasty. Bad. Yeah, they might they might lose one game, but they're gonna be a they're gonna be a force. I don't know, they man. This look like the hardest part of this schedule is Arkansas at home, Tennessee at home, LSU at home. Could be that's it. Ain't nobody scared A and M. No one's scared of Mississippi State. I mean, you got Ole Miss at home. Like everyone's at home next year except Auburn. They could be. All right. Let's chat a little awards, NFL awards. Regular season's officially over. 
So, yep. Danny, I'm gonna I'm gonna name some awards. You let me know who you think is gonna win. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson. It was hard between him and Chris Olave, but I'm going Garrett Wilson. Okay, I like it. I like it. Defensive Rookie of the Year, another New York Jets, Sauce Gardner. I like it. I like it. That's actually my pick as well for defense. Rookie of the Year. I think when you look at his stats, elite season. Shout out Sauce Gardner. Defensive Player of the Year, Magabos. I mean Nick Bosa. Nah. Nick Bosa, <laughs> Offensive Player of the Year. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, okay. Comeback Player of the Year. Brandon Graham. For those who know okay. Brandon Graham towards Achilles last year, came back, got double-digit sacks for the first time in his entire career. Okay, okay. Coach of the Year. Brian Dable. Brian, okay. now the Giants are talking about signing Daniel Jones to an extension. If that ain't Coach of the Year, I don't know what is. Could be. NFL MVP. This one hurts, but it's Patty. Patty. Playing? It's Patty Mahomes. Patty Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, it's Patty. I like it. I like it. You you got okay. You got Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Nick Bosa, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Graham, uh uh Brian Dayball, Patty Mahomes. Okay, okay. My offensive rookie of the year. Kenneth Walker the third. Yep, that was that was third for me. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I'm with you, Sauce Gardner. I think I think he he might win it unanimously. But there were plenty of really really good rookies. So shout out all of the incredible rookies that you who played incredible. Defensive player of the year. I'm gonna say Michael Parsons. Okay, that I'm was. Gonna, it. I think it was. I think this is gonna be the year he breaks through, especially with Aaron Donald. You know, being a little gimpy, I think it was definitely between uh, Nick Bosa and um, Nick Bosa and uh, Michael Parsons. So I got Michael Parsons. I think he had an incredible season. So we'll see. I think he can go. It's a coin flip. They had incredible years. Offensive Player of the Year. Um, I'm actually going to go Austin Eckler. Um, oh, yeah. I think uh, you know Tyreek Hill. Actually, no. I'm sorry. Excuse me, I'm wrong. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Excuse me. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Excuse me again uh, for offensive player of the year. I think uh, I think he was a little north of 1800. Yeah. Um, let the did league. he get Moss's record? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't think he did, but I think I know he was right near 1800. Um, maybe Kyle can help research it. But I think when you look at um, what he did we on a weekend and week out basis. I mean, he was a matchup nightmare. Multiple, multiple, multiple game winning catches, big catches and big moments. Offensive player of the year to me. Comeback player of the year. I guess I like Geno Smith for this one. I think okay. what he was able to do really essentially kind of revitalizing his career here in Seattle once getting the, the start. Now taking him to the playoffs in a year where they really weren't expected to do much. And they still have a first round pick. Or so from the Broncos. Great. Coach of the year. I kind of like Pete Carroll too for this one. Okay. Uh, I like, I think, I think there's going to be, I actually think there's going to be co-coaches of the year if that's possible between Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson. I think okay. when they go, where both of these teams really inherited uh, the franchises coming into the year, particularly for Doug Peterson, you're inheriting a 
really young quarterback. You have a, a roster with a lot of cap space, but it's a really young roster and you don't have a lot of experience. Go from that to literally beating the the, the then two-time champion of, of your division for the crown. If it's big for um for Pete Carroll, you come in this year, a lot of question marks around your team. Yeah, you, you know, you just traded Russell Wilson. So a lot of people are thinking that that's the Broncos really have won that deal and that they're you guys are going to be in the gutter. You start off maybe a little shaky, but you guys get it together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you make the playoffs the first year that, that you're without Russell Wilson. Then when you look at where the Broncos are and how you know that offense look you in, in comparison to how the Broncos offense, I mean the Seahawks offense looks, I mean, you could see why Pete Carroll felt really comfortable making the move and I think he got rewarded with that because that's a big one, especially when yeah. you make it to that magnitude. Uh for the NFL MVP. I want you, man. Go ahead and get that man Patty another one, man. Go ahead and get that man Patty another one. Go ahead and give Patty another one. Do we go through uh, who we think is going to win this weekend already in our in, our, in the wild card matchups? I think we talked about our biggest um, upset alert in our game of the week. But we did not pick winners. I'll pick winners. I'm happy to pick winners. Let's let's run through it. All right, Bills, Dolphins. I think we're on the same page. The Bills. I like the Bills, but I think it's going to be a closer one than we think. Uh, Bengals and Ravens. Uh, the Samar Jackson story is just getting started. I'm going with the Bengals. I like the Bengals uh, as well. I think uh, even with Lamar back, I think I just think the Bengals are really, are really, really good right now. And I think they're going to be on a really high note. Uh, Chargers versus Jaguars. I'm going with the Jags. Okay. I like the Chargers in this one. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think the Chargers, they've been winning close, ugly games all year. Um I think this is going to be a game where it's not going to make any sense, and they're going to struggle for most of this game, and they're going to pull out maybe a late, late, late drive. I can see this being 14 13 sort of game. Okay. 49ers versus Seahawks. I want to say the Seahawks because it's rare that you beat a team three times in a row, especially in the same year, but the 49ers are just too good, and it's in Santa Clara. It's going to be closer than people think, but I think the 49ers win. Okay. Seahawks. There you go. I like it. I would. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Listen, not only is it hard to beat a team three times in a row, the 49ers have won ten in a row, which means they're due for one. Oh, let me tell you, if they lose to the Seahawks, we we gonna have a real conversation about Kyle Shanahan pissing on himself in the playoffs. But this could be a, and I, I could see this being an instance where Pete Kill out coaches him. We really gonna have a conversation next week if the Seahawks pull that off. Vikings versus Giants. Upset alert, Giants. I'm right there with you. I like I like the listen. The Giants almost beat the Vikings when they played like two or three weeks ago. Yep. I'm taking the Giants. Funniest game of the week: Dallas versus Tampa. I'm going Dallas. It's gonna be ugly, but see. C.D. Lamb and Michael Parsons, especially Micah, like Tom Brady, is stiff. Like you, Tom, you can get to Tom, and I think Mike will get to Tom. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and pause that. Oh, pause. Yeah, you can pause me. Uh, Kyle in the chat said, "Coach of the year should be Mike Tomlin." I, I, I like that. Give Mike Tomlin a ton of credit. 
They started the year rough, ended the year on a fucking heater. Shout out Mike Tomlin. Shout out Mike Tomlin. All right, Danny, are you ready to get into our quick hitters segment? Let's do it. Folks, we're going to start off with a topic that I want to speak to personally first. I was on timeline. I'm just scrolling. Had a couple free minutes. Team's getting blown out. Shit. Let me see what the timeline is talking about. Open up the fucking bird app. The birds. Sometimes sometimes I don't like being on there. It's just filled with nothing but birds. But I'm here. I'm on this app. I'm scrolling. See a tweet that says, hey, y'all. Goofy looking mug, too. Hey, y'all. Y'all let me know. What type of foods do you eat code? And when I say code, I mean that you just don't reheat. I got a few, but I don't want to say it first. I want y'all to let me know some of the foods that you eat cold without reheat. Already, I'm thinking, all right, maybe like a, I'm thinking people going to be like me and say, ah, maybe like a bite of pizza before you throw it in the microwave or wherever to, to heat up or you know, maybe some chicken chicken nuggets or fries. You have a few cold before you put it in the air fryer to kind of reheat. I can open up this thread, man. First thing I see, pork chops. <laughs> You're not eating cold pork chops? I eat cold pork. Yeah, yo, there's a disease you could probably get from that. So I'm looking at it. I said, nah, he, he trolling. I started looking, man. Folks are saying chicken wings. Folks are saying sesame chicken. Folks are saying Chinese food. Folks are saying, uh, folks are saying eating whole pizzas cold. I'm sitting here like, I'm li- looking around my empty living room like, where is, y'all need to find God, fam, y'all need to find God. There's Y'all mean to tell me that you can't, for a second, open up that goddamn toaster oven, air fryer, microwave, put that food in there for like a minute, just so it get warm and cook thoroughly again, making sure all the cold germs is off of it, and then then eating it? What are we doing? I'm about to say something that's really going to piss you off. Yo, if you come in here and say you've been eating your smoked meats cold. No. I'm gonna say my wife and I, we do eat fried chicken cold. I didn't do it until I met her. And then one day she took the fried chicken out the fridge and started eating it cold. And I was like, wait a second. You're not gonna heat that up. But you could have still heated up. And she was like, just try it. I get it. Tell me more. It's just something about it. I don't know what it is. Like, and for me, like cold fried chicken and barbecue sauce, something about it. Some, I know, I know you, and I eat cold pizza. That's about it. Like, that's, but you don't, do you eat the whole thing or do you just put a, take maybe a bite or two and then put it in the whatever to heat up? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I, like, I come in I a, a bite or two and then I heat it up and then, cause you know, I was a little hungry. Heat it up, then I'll eat the rest. Like if I'm in a rush, like if I if like if I gotta go and I'm hungry and there's some pizza, yeah, I'll just eat the whole thing cold. But if I got some time here, yeah, I'll put it let it let it heat up. Listen, if you out here and you're eating cold pork chops, 
before you go to that yes. doctor that's probably going to tell you that something is maybe mentally wrong with you, I just need you to know that you need God. Yes. If you're out here eating sesame chicken and whole Chinese entrees cold, yeah. like, first off, how the, how the hell did you order Chinese food then didn't eat that much of it that you have enough to warm up? Yo, I be cranking a lot of Chinese food that, that first night. I be cranking because it's one of those meals where crank like the first first plate might let it settle i'm gonna get that second plate though. oh you coming back wow okay well i know there's the chinese a chinese food. spot the chinese I, food. I love chinese food i might get some this weekend there's a chinese spot i go to that gives you enough food for two meals like they just beat yeah chinese chinese wings got better wings than uh black wing spots no that's a lie i just, need, I just had to ask see, see see where see where you was at on, on the fence about that uh, speaking of black, the Texans <laughs> have fired. No, no, black. No. Hey. Hey. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the second one and done head coach that they fired. And the last two just so happened to have been brothers. Maybe the last three. No, the last three, because Romeo Canal was an interim head coach for the back half of the season after they let go Bill O'Brien. So the last three. Head coaches or coaches of the Texans have been brothers. They've been let go. The last two have been one and done. Danny, question I'm going to ask you. Explain to me how one could say that this Texans job is attractive if you're a head coach. They can look in the mirror and say, well, the police wouldn't pull me over because I drive a Corvette. That job was for me. <laughs> I ain't know Jim Crow was the owner of the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> they got it. They got to say what? They got to say what? They look in the mirror and say, "The police will never pull me over for driving oh. a Corvette." This job is. <laughs> you think they put in a, they put in a mischief when they say officer? <laughs> no, they 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 cuss the officer out. Oh man, they're giving him some words. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that. If you can look in the mirror this and say. Pal. Yeah. Oh, go catch a real criminal. Yeah, if you talk to the police like oh, that. Oh, yo, go catch a real. That's definitely one of them. Yo, yo, that's definitely one of them. But, you know, there's real criminals out here in the street. This is what you're spending your time on? Are you serious, man? Elf scoring 55 in the school zone. Who cares, bro? They're in the school. Oh, oh man. Yo, Texans a fuck around and do some shit like hire Cliff Kingsbury. Now, I was they, thinking that. I was like, yo, they... they and then I'm more equally surprised. Like, yo, do because he's a Texas guy. He'd be right back. He was man. Then I, they gonna hire Josh McCown. Like they wanted to hire Josh McCown last year. Dog, they gonna hire. They gonna hire Jonathan Gannon from the Eagles, or they gonna hire Josh McCown? John, the Eagles offensive coordinator makes sense. They that's Shane Steichen. I don't think they'll hire him. I think he's gonna go somewhere like Carolina. But I like I I have a feeling they wanted to hire Josh McCown last year. And people are like, excuse me, to coach. Josh McCown interviewed for that job, and apparently he did really well. They were really impressed with Josh. Dog, he about to be the Texans head coach. I would not be shocked if he was the head coach. When you think of teams having the number one overall pick, do you ever think that's good? Depends on what kind of draft it is and what you need. If you have the I think that having a number one overall pick really ain't all that. 
I think this year it is for the Bears. I mean, even if the Texans, like you got how many quarterbacks you got this year? You got CJ, Bryce, Will, Anthony Richardson. That's four. Like you, the but Bears. Next, you don't know if they're really going to pay. Of the four, one will probably be good. Let me take Legitimate. it. Let me ask you a question. If you're the coach, you, you want to take one, that one out of four chance to get a star? Or you want to look at Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger again, or go get Derek Carr? No, nah, I mean, if you're the Colts, I would say of all these, you would definitely need to ensure that you get a you get a quarterback soon. It's just like what if there's four legitimate ones and the Colts are picking definitely in the top ten, I believe. I think they're five. Yeah, they're picking five. The Bears don't need a quarterback. So yeah, I keep seeing people like trade Justin Fields. No, that's stupid. Don't listen, Justin Fields. Listen, if you out here think the Bears should trade. Justin Fields, what I need you to do is walk to your nearest mirror and say, this is why I am not paid to coach or have anything to do with any football organization because I'm a dummy. And that's okay because the Lord the Lord, and you do not know what you do not know. And that is you do not know football. No, Kyle no. says, do Josh McCown and Jeff Saturday end up on the same staff? I think Jeff Saturday – has not seen the inside of the Colts organization. I mean, the Colts facility since probably a day or two, or since probably yesterday. And I don't think he will anytime soon. Uh, I don't know about Josh McCown. When the Colts hired Jeff Saturday, I said, this is Jim Ursay's way of backdooring to tank because he couldn't tank openly. And it worked like a charm. He's five now. Frank, he said Frank Reich was just trying to win too many games. Yeah. He said, I can get my hands on Bryce Young, potentially. Hey, Jeff, what you doing? Come over here for 12 weeks. Maybe. I, Kyle says trade Justin Fields to the Packers. That's Whoa. Got Jordan Love. We got Jordan Love. I'm ready to see him play if, if, if it's his time. Speaking of coaches that also got fired, I know, I know we mentioned earlier, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. by the Arizona Cardinals, uh, which if you've been watching Hard Knocks, I think after after every single game, you can kind of tell he knew it was coming too. So how do you view the attractability of the Arizona Cardinals job? Uh, backtrack real quick. Indy has the fourth overall pick, even better. better. Um, I don't think that Arizona job is as attractive as you would think it is. I know everyone talks about Kyler Murray, but he seems to be really difficult to work with, and if he doesn't like you, he's going to disrespect you openly in front of everyone. Uh, and I know he disrespected um, – what did he say to Cliff on the sideline that one game? He told him, chill the fuck out. Like, dog, you don't talk. I, I don't think that job is as attractive as people think it is. I think the Texans' job, even with all the turmoil – would be more attractive than the Cardinals job because I think the, the Kyler Murray thing, and I think Kyler's going to have some say in who his next head coach is going to be. I don't think that job is as attractive as one would think it is. And you're in the NFC West. So you got to see Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll twice. I think if you're, and the Rams. I, th- I think if you're thinking that Sean Payton is going to be returning to coaching, I would say the Cardinals make a little bit more sense than the Cowboys. I'll start there. I will say, uh, I until I got the news that the Cardinals were trying to deal DeAndre Hopkins, I really considered that uh, 
at Arizona Cardinals job to be somewhat attractive. I think you got some definitely some pieces on offense, definitely some pieces on defense. But now I know they're trying to deal with DeAndre Hopkins. It's clearly a rebuild's going on. Yep. Uh, so. Let me ask you a question. I'll ask this question to the chat, too. So the Cardinals have the third pick overall. Would you entertain trading Kyler Murray? Um, I would. If I could find a sucker. No, because it's not a good look organizationally from an organizational standpoint mm-hmm. to trade a player who recently suffered a season in an injury to another team, knowing that that other team still wouldn't even be able to utilize him anytime soon. So the deal that you get would never equal up in value. But here's the thing, though. Your out could be that Kyler is unprofessional and he is a headache and that you had to put a homework clause in the contract. You listen, wouldn't if 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 a team – I'm trying to think of a team. Go ahead. You gave him 200 mil. Yeah, you hey, Indianapolis. You gave him 200 mil. Who's really the who's really the dummy here? That's true. So do you but do you think a team like Vegas would be interested? Granted, he'd be hurt, but you got Devontae, you got Waller, you might re-sign Josh Jacobs. No. No? Okay. Listen, I think the Cardinals are gonna keep Calvin. I think he's definitely in the plans. He's one of the leaders of the organization. I just think, you know, comparing him back with Hollywood is one thing. Him and D-Hop were another thing. But if you're moving D-Hop, it's like, what are you trying to get? And if you're the Green Bay Packers, do you look into bringing in DeAndre Hopkins on a one-year deal for a potential last year of Aaron Rodgers? So Nuke has two years left on this deal. I think, 18, I think I think 18 mil a year or something like that. I think it's he two years, 36 mil. He could, there, he could be the clear number one receiver for the first year of Jordan Love's, uh, uh, the Jordan Love era. Uh, Kyle said, uh, but in all seriousness, do the Bears trade the number one pick to the Colts? Yes. Yes. I think yes. it's definitely possible. And I think if you're the Colts, you definitely try to trade for the number one overall pick. My question is, do you think Will Levis is it? No. If you if you trade number one, you're going Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Like I don't think I don't think you're going to trade the number one overall pick for a quarterback under 200 pounds and under six foot. So I definitely see CJ Stroud being the number one overall pick. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you're doing it for one of those two guys. It's it's CJ Bryce, and the next tier is Will, and then under Will is Anthony Richardson. Yeah, but who knows? They could. They, they could take someone off the wall, but if they do, oh, man, Jim say, Oh, man. Speaking of the Packers, are we looking at Aaron Rodgers potentially retiring? Do you, do you think he's going to retire after this year? I do not. No. Me either. Especially with the news of, of DeAndre Hopkins potentially being de- dealt. I think he's topping on some doors saying, hey, if you can get him on a one-year deal, you got me on a one-year deal. And this Dog. Is Aaron Rodgers is going to follow his predecessor, Brett Favre, and he will be a New York Jet. Yo, it's okay to just call it a career. (laughs) Dog, Aaron Rodgers on the Jets would not be. It's okay. They're a quarterback away. 
Like even like Derek Carr, like you could talk me into Derek Carr from the Jets. I would say in the case of Rodgers, I think with him, I mean, you know, he's probably he's made crazy bread. It's not the money thing. It's more just it's more just the legacy thing. And I think with him, he's like, yo, I got four MVPs. I got a ring. Got all these records. Am I, what am I really still? He at some point he's going to reach a. What am I really still playing for? I'm ready to be done with it. I think he's nearing that time. J-E-T. But him on the Jets really even do anything because you know that he's eventually on his way out. But Derek Carr, he, he you may have a two-year, maybe three-year run for if you're the Jets. To your point, I do think he's nearing his end. I think, I, I think we either got one more year or next year's just last. Um, Kyle says, "Do you think any of these QB prospects are better than Kyler Murray as a prospect?" Probably not, but I know they're more professional. I know I don't have to put a homework clause in Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud's contract. I know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. Jay Glazer ain't never lied to me before. If Jay Glazer said there's a homework clause in that man's contract, I believe Jay Glazer. Yeah. Yes, you're right there. Yeah, I mean – I would say I don't think none of these quarterbacks are better uh, prospects than Kyler Murray. So I would say, hey, if you're the cards, you, you, you keep them and you try to build a team around them, man. Like he's taken you to the playoffs before, so he can get you there. Yeah. Just what are we doing here? Put some, put some athletes around them. Which also brings me to the point of our next one, of our next uh, quick hitter. The importance of really taking advantage of your championship window. Yes. And why that three to five years of a champion, a true championship window is pivotal. I'm going to name a few teams across or, uh, across sports. Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Clippers, Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors. See how the difference in three – I mean, the similarities in three, but the difference in one. Yeah. Danny, why is it really important to really take advantage of the championship window? And give me some organizations you think really have maybe done the best jobs maybe in the last, since the millennium, turn of the millennium. I think the answer is in the question, right? You talk, do you want to be remembered as the Golden State Warriors? Do you remember as the Lob City Clippers? Nice. Or the PG-13 Kawhi Clippers. Yeah. Like, that Clippers team had J.J. Reddick, Chris Paul, a young DeAndre Jordan, a young Blake Griffin, Jamal Crawford off the bench, and I know I'm missing someone. That team that team should have won multiple championships. Multiple. They didn't. And now they're just a, they're a memory in the sunset. Meanwhile, we think of the Warriors and it's – Championship, like even we don't remember the ones they've lost. All we remember are the ones they won. Just the ones they won, and I would say, look at Georgia right now. I mean, Georgia yep. might go like after this window closes. Georgia might go another 30, 40 years without a run like this. Who knows? It's hard to win one championship. Now you win two. Now you really got something. Now you might, if you continue to bring in the athletes, might now you might have a three again a three to five year run to maybe get go back and win three out of four or maybe four out of five yeah so listen i think of 
the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers championship window, in my opinion, was that period between 2013 to 2016, 17? No, 2016, because that was the run the table year. Yeah, when the Falcons beat us in the yeah. So from about 2012, 2013 to about 2016, I feel like that was the real championship window. And every year it was getting get, coming up short, coming up short, coming up short. Then you start to realize as players get traded, defenses get worse, special teams get worse, uh, guys are missing time with injuries and whatnot. The time to win a championship was then. And at this point, what we're trying to do is – Move these organization in a championship direction. We're also trying to patch up clear holes that have been missing for a while now that you're, you can't trade your way. You got to draft, you got to develop, you got to develop fast and hope they pan out. And you see that with some of the dysfunction in Golden State at times when you see some of the young guys, you maybe hear some of the disgruntledness because when you're really in a championship window, it's hard to develop players because you need reps. It's hard to get reps if. The guys are in there for 60 minutes just trying to ensure that we're right back in the thick of it come championship window time. Do you well, think Durant's uh, window for winning another championship has passed, or do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think Boston is caught up. Giannis is the most dominant player in the league. Like, in a seven-game series, you're taking the Bucs, you're taking the Nets. What about Joel Embiid? Do you see their championship trajectory kind of dwindling down? I think they're they are the Charles Barkley to Giannis to Giannis's Jordan or to Giannis in Boston Jordan. Really? Yeah, I don't like what do what do the I know the Sixers are top four. You've got two MVP seasons out of Joel. He's putting up great numbers again, but they're still what fourth in the East. Now granted, Maxie's been hurt. James has been hit or miss. But like, what are you going to do? Trade Tobias Harris? Like, what player can you get to put that team on the same level as Milwaukee? Hey, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Mil- Milwaukee's really good, man. They're they're yes. really good. And Chris players. Middleton's not even playing well, and neither is Drew. That's the thing, right? They're not healthy, and Giannis has still will that team. Yep. And uh, look at look at Kyle coming in with some notes. So he said the Packers made the playoffs eight straight years from 2009 to 2016. That's a championship window that at least gave one championship. Thank you, Kyle. And in this this era, I can remember each loss in this eight years. Uh, oh, I mean, each loss in the eight years more than I. Well, I still remember the one championship, of course, watching that. But I can I can give you more vivid details of some of the losses that they've had because they've just been inexplicable. Yeah. In, like some of them you've just been like a, a punter, like a block punt. Really? That's how we lose? Or a fumble falling off of Aaron Rodgers' foot that the defense takes for picks, uh, pick six? Really? Or Julio Jones going absolutely nuclear because the defense that was susceptible all year finally caved and broke? Kyle also said that the Boston Bruins made the playoffs 29 straight years. Wow. Zero Stanley Cup. That is not taking advantage of a championship window. Yo, if I'm if I'm Ray, let me tell you something. I got some thoughts. <sighs> Buddy. Thoughts. All right, Danny, before we get to our speak to us, let's yes. talk about fantasy football real quick. Let's do so, it. 
you and I both came away champions. So I'm going to start by saying how many leagues I was in, where I finished. I'll talk a little bit about my championship run. I'll speak to the keepers, and then I'll let you speak to your championship in in our dynasty league that you won. And then we can have a little bit of discourse about the offseason for a smidge. Okay. In this thing off with our speak to us question. How does that sound? Let's get it. All right. So, Danny, I was in five leagues this year. All five made the playoffs. My work league, I lost in the first round, the wild card round. It's okay. That team was really nicked up. It was really banged. I went with the, the one RB, multiple wide receiver strategy. It panned out, and I was cooking until Cooper Cup started getting hurt. Then it just went downhill from there. That team lost first round. Okay, cool. So my four big money leagues, though, I did make it to the second round. Uh, I lost uh, two, I believe. I lost two in the second round. Um one of which was a team in our was in our redraft league, which I was on a run. It ended. The other one uh, was oh no oh the other one oh the other one was in our dynasty league where I lost to you who were you were on you were on your run at the time. So I ended up going into championship weekend a couple weeks ago, uh, making the final in my two highest leagues, and um, the team that I was. A little bit more confident in winning, ended up losing by nine. Ultimately, it came down to me benching uh, DJ Moore and starting Juju Smith Schuster. Oh yeah, I had, uh, but I did have Patrick Mahomes. I did have Travis Kelsey, uh, so I was all in on the Chiefs' offense. I look back on it, I still, I mean, I, the the previous game versus Denver. Uh, Juju had 24. So that's what I banked. I was like, oh, so they have a combination with versus Denver. They lost. I'm not really upset. Still got uh, 200 back. The original buy-in was 100, so I netted 100. But that was my second most expensive league, which means, people, I am the champion of my most expensive league. Let's go. That was a good nine. And, boy, what a season. Listen, I was tied for the best record in the league, but no one believed in my team because I didn't have any of the sex. I didn't have like a sexy roster. Like I was led by Patrick Mahomes. That was my quarterback and uh, CD lamb who are both coincidentally my, who are going to be my keepers this year. It's a two keep, it's a keeper league, two keepers. Okay. So this year I'm keeping Patrick Mahomes and CD lamb, but I, I just led on them. And then I also had Chris Godwin, 